This show is part of the Other Side Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Binary Time Series 8 episode 9 on this 24th of October 2020. It's the final episode of the Binary Times. I know that might surprise a lot of you. We have decided to wrap it up on our 100th episode. We are really proud of where we got to and um, but, but, but more on that later. As usual, this is Wayne here from a windy Bristol this morning, overcast. I told Mark earlier I was going to try and give the best weather report ever. I think I've probably failed already, to be honest. But we have sun coming through the clouds occasionally, partly cloudy, 10 to 12 degrees and 26 kilometer per hour winds. Overcast this morning till noon. Uh, wind, rain and clouds and sun this uh, into the early evening and heavy rain due at night. Um, and the weather will continue into the future. Over there on the other side, we have Mark. How are you doing, Mark? Yeah, I'm not doing too bad. Um, it was funny actually listening to the the intro music there for the, the well, maybe not the last time with editing and all the rest of it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, kind of just brought it home a bit. But yeah, the... The weather here now today, it's it was bucketing down last night. Really heavy winds as well. Uh, and I only noticed just before sitting down here that our uh, greenhouse, the, we have a little greenhouse out the back. And it's just a, a plastic frame with plastic covering over it. But the covering was entirely blown off. So it got quite stormy last night. And looking at Witter here, it is more of the same for the entire weekend which is a bank holiday weekend actually ah so um just rain 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 happy days that's how i remember them <laughs> back yeah. there in the old country yeah so but yeah as, as i was saying it's a it's a bank holiday here so it's it's almost fitting that we're <laughs> we're finishing here because you know we're winding back the the clocks an hour and we're winding up the binary times you know all it all fits <laughs> it all fits in <laughs> maybe too well yeah yeah hundred episodes of the binary times uh, what are your thoughts on that I suppose that's it isn't it like we made it to the hundred episodes and you know we started out with an idea as to tech enthusiasts to create an audio cast and you know we weren't even sure if we could do it or not <laughs> and you know i mean we quickly got into a rhythm and every fortnight for almost four years we just kept at it and uh it's been absolutely amazing and i think what was great for me was that um not only were we able to do this every fortnight but we had a lot of other people who started listening and contributing to the show and keeping us motivated to keep doing it. You know, it was it's been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And it's nice to kind of leave it on a high. I mean, we've we've proved everything that we wanted to, to prove in the first place, which is basically that it is possible to create a show 
about free and open source software, hardware and culture using entirely free, op- free and open source software. Not so much the hardware, because I suppose that's still not there for for either of us. But, you yeah. know, I mean, in everything that we try and do, we try and use as free and open source software and hardware as possible. Yes, we did make a, st- a strong effort towards that goal. Yeah. And we still managed to create a show that was pretty amazing and that encouraged other people to do the same, to use as much free and open source software and hardware as they could. So I'm incredibly proud of what we managed to do. And I think to to actually make it to 100 episodes and have done what we did is just pretty cool, you know? Mm. Because, like, we started out as two chaps who would... Well, it was it was an interesting kind of unfold for the Binary Times, really, because I, I, I knew you from years ago, I guess, from early days. Fado, er- fado. Fado, fado. There you go. There's an Irish saying already we haven't even got to the end. <laughs> uh, oh, they'll be, they'll be <laughs> kind of sprinkled in around the oh, place, are they? I think. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up. And, uh, and um, so I would have known you from college days and then kind of lost contact with you for maybe about 10 years or so, or maybe even more. I can't even remember how long it was. And we caught up again and we just started chatting. I think it chatting. would have been about 10 years. Hmm. And we just started mm. chatting about Linux and about what we were doing and then decided to record it. A couple of months in, decided to do a show. And for, for some reason, we managed to, uh, you know, meet up every two weeks for four friggin' years. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and record it and put it out and do all the stuff around um, creating shows that's required, which... I don't think any of it's very glamorous, to be honest with you, is about the, you know, a, a nice way I can put it. But it, um, it's all quite tedious. It, it is all quite tedious and took, t- it takes a lot of work and effort to, 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 to bring it to the fore. And, and, and being the type of guys that we are as well, um, we did it the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> there are easier ways to do it um, than the way we uh, went about doing it. Um, but nonetheless, we stuck to our guns and practice what we preach to the best of our abilities. And here we are at episode 100. I don't know, singing the praises of Linux and all things open source and free software and free culture and um, uh, for for 100 episodes, which is almost four years of recordings. Likewise, I am quite uh, proud of what we managed to achieve. Um, but also, I, I, I won't miss some of the stuff that goes around it, if I'm to be honest. Yeah. Which is the work element. Sorry, I'm talking about the work. I am so, I am so grateful so, for all those people that wrote into us, that took the time to write into us. I'm so grateful for that. And I'm, all great, I'm also really grateful for some of the great supporters we have that I would mention maybe towards the end of the show. Of course, there's Ben and Dave in the chat who've been there from really early on. And uh, we had Maurizio and Gladdy joined us and loads of people, Dee and all that. And um, yeah, it's just been really nice. Uh, and for all the people we met, the interviews along the way, etc. as well. And um, we couldn't not mention Mike Saunders, of course. Um, Absolutely. Our, our, I don't know, extra hosts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. And, um, and yeah, so, so it uh, has been quite an interesting journey and it has also been the more I, I get really sucked into things, you know, and the more I kind of got on and talked about this stuff, the more I got drawn into it and 
Not that it wasn't a way of life previous to the show, but it became more of a way of life. Stopping actually gives me a bit of a chance to just ease off the gas a little bit and actually Mm. take stock again and um, just to try and maybe maybe take some time to make sense of it all as well. Yeah. And that's what I'm thinking as well. Like, I mean, I have a lot of emotions around finishing up because I know I'm going to miss it. Uh, But it's also a bit of a relief in that you know that because basically for both of us one Saturday every fortnight is consumed by this show yeah you know at least at least and then you've got all the the bits and pieces beforehand and after as Mm -hmm. well so you know it has been a a major commitment in our in our lives which I'm proud we were able to do and everything but like yourself there I think It'll be nice to take a break and reflect and refocus. Yeah. You know? I I have to agree with you, Derby. I'm having those sort of feelings myself about it. We could have gone on and we could have kept putting out shows and we could have kept talking about the things that we were doing. But for me, it seemed like the right time to actually say... Okay, hang on, hang on a minute. Uh, what are we doing? Why are we doing it again? <laughs> well, we know what we're doing, and we know why we're doing it. To be to be fair, but some of the early passion, uh, which is which, which happens every time you start something new, I believe, um, started to uh, started to leave me a little bit, you know. And I, I was aware of that, and I had to kind of pay attention to that. And Sometimes in my life, I don't pay attention to those things when they come on. Um, and if I really did pay attention to them, I'd stop working. But obviously, you know, I haven't cracked that all <laughs> not yet. But um, I, I agree with you when it kind of comes around to saying to end on a high, you know, we have we've put out 100 shows. It's been really nice. And um, and we've met some great people along the way. I'm sure we will stay in contact with all those people we've met. You know, I will say at this point, if, if, if you got any value from the show and you enjoyed listening to it or otherwise, this is your last chance to write into us <laughs> in <laughs> yeah, at the net. Let us know and uh, we'd be delighted to hear from you for, 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 for one last push. Yeah. Yeah, no, and like, you know, it is the, the people that have revolved around this show that has made it what it is for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think speaking into the void for four years would have been very difficult, whereas we had so many people who wrote into us and contributed to the show in some way that it just made it all worthwhile, you know? Sure. And speaking into the, vo- the void is an interesting one, uh, because often it is, uh, I, if anything, I'll be the one who will kind of be um, scraping myself up off the floor. So I'll, I'll, I'll jump on that kind of um, bandwagon now. Um, but jumping into the void is, or, or speaking into the void, not jumping into the void. Maybe we are jumping into the void now. Jumping into the void while speaking. <laughs> I think it's a good time to stop. It's a good <laughs> um, Yeah, speaking into the void is an interesting one because it does feel a bit like that sometimes. It is you and I chatting together and, um, and uh, you know, saying what we've been up to. And and on the few times that I have spoken to people, if I have, we've sometimes pulled up an xCloud chat and pulled a few people into it. And actually, I've been, I've actually been delighted to hear what they've been up to. And um, 
doing shows like this, I, I, it can feel like a very one-sided affair, whereas you were always talking out and people always know what you've been up to. But I've actually also enjoyed knowing what other people have been up to. And um, yeah, not to say that that will get any better from finishing the show. If anything, it will probably get worse. Yeah, it's just an interesting thing doing an audio cast. It's, uh, it's quite unusual in some ways. I finally got a, a sense of what radio presenters must feel like. Yeah, yeah, in a way. Any other thoughts on our 100th episode, or do you want to jump into what we've been up to? Well, I suppose as well, we need to let people know our plans for the, the show. In terms like we still have the, we still have the domain until February. Mm -hmm. So all the content will be available until then. Then after that, what we're doing is we're... We've we've pushed everything up to the Internet Archive and we're going to have all the show notes and everything up there as well. So it will be archived. Mm -hmm. And um, there's also, did you do the, the web thing for the for the Internet Archive? I have the Wayback pushed, Machine or whatever. Yes, I have pushed up about four seasons, maybe five, but I'm kind of doing them on and off, but As, they will all yeah. be there. I, I didn't want to do them all until we got the last episode out with the last set of show notes, etc. But yes, um, yeah, of course, I'm yeah. pushing up. I'm pushing. I've got this definitely four seasons up there. It'll be available for posterity anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> A record. Yeah. So if anyone wants to, to re-listen, they'll, they'll still be there, you know, because I mean, we have had uh, very regular correspondence with an awful lot of people and that's been great, but we know that there are an awful lot more people out there who have listened uh, that haven't contacted us. So we'd love to hear from them. Absolutely. And, you know, see what they thought of the show, you know. Ah, the inbox will be hopping in the coming weeks. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Um. Can I, I? I'm sure other stuff will come to us throughout the show because this one is as planned as all our other shows. Um, so feel free. <laughs> free I'm sure that there'll be uh, 100 episode interjections uh, throughout the episode. But um, can I ask you what you have been up to for the last fortnight? Uh, not a huge amount, to be honest. I had plans to do a few bits and pieces and never got round to them um, because I suppose I've been out and about working quite a bit and um, I suppose that the day is long. So by the time I get home, I generally have dinner, fart around with the family for a bit and then go to bed. So I'm not getting a huge amount of time to actually do anything. But um, I suppose a couple of things I do want to mention um, I did get the 20th anniversary issue of the Linux magazine. So that absolutely looks amazing. And of course, I put a plastic bag on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're getting the same production values even for the 100th episode, folks. Just, you know, just let you know, we've changed nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but um, it looks really interesting. I would recommend it to anyone listening. Is that the current uh, episode? Or, or is that or the current um, issue? Issue, yeah. It is. You also get the 20th anniversary issue uh, DVD, which is all previous 239 issues 
Amazing. On disc, searchable and everything. So that is pretty cool. Um, there's some great articles in this. They've got um, Breathe Life Into Your Coding Experiments by Creating Your Own Simple OS. So when I saw that, I was full sure that must be Mike Saunders who wrote it, but <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. Um, and uh, what's his name? Mad Dog Mc- uh, Hall has uh, an interesting article on how to keep or how to enthuse people to become free and open source developers. Okay, very good. Yeah. You know, so uh, that looks quite interesting. Now, I haven't read any of it yet. I only got it the other day, so I skimmed it more than than read it. Um, But yeah, they have a nice article on uh, the serial protocol. Uh, They have um, Mistborn, an article on Mistborn, which is an all-in-one tool for protecting your LAN, uh, and loads of stuff um, on SSH and a GUI with Muon and Snowflake. And loads of other stuff. So I just say, check it out. Mm -hmm. And it's worth a buy. Great. Um, Apart from that, then, the other thing I did was I got an AT2020 XLR mic and um, a Behringer Zenix Q802 USB mixer. So... Said I'd go all out with a bang for the the last episode. <laughs> I have to say you're sounding amazing in my left and right cans right now. Hoorah! The clear, the <laughs> Finally. clearest, the clearest ever. <laughs> so, and uh, no, it was funny because I got a call from someone uh, through the week about podcasting, and uh, not through the week. It was the week before last. And they wanted to start up their own podcast and they were looking for some advice. So I started uh, chatting to her and we were, you know, talking away about bits and pieces and what have you. And I decided I'd take some of my own advice <laughs> and get some of the equipment that I was recommending to her. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I said it'd be a nice way to, to finish off the the whole show. And as well. Uh, as I was saying to to yourself, um, I, like I do plan to keep on doing audio stuff. It'd be like I think having done this show for four years, I've learned a huge amount, mm-hmm. and uh, I would like to continue to contribute to open source software and stuff like that, and uh, free culture in various ways. You know, and like I was suggesting, I might start recording stuff in in LibriVox and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it would be nice to have uh, a nice audio setup. Or yeah. It would be good to have a nice audio setup for that. You know, how did you find? I mean, okay, I know you have uh, quite a bit of experience now, but how did you find setting up the the Behringer and the AT2020 and getting audio in and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I know it's not going to change massively from your previous setup, but um, you're kind of working a bit more in a hardware setup now versus kind of letting um, letting everything happen in the software or built. I mean, it's not too dissimilar. I do get it. But um, but using a mixer and a mic, did you have you find that found any difference to um, to what you had previously? Well, of course, because um, you feel like you have more control. Mm. So, you know, like, I mean, basically, um, 
like, I suppose what I did do before I got the um, Q802 USB, I went for the, um, the Q502. And because it was only 50 euros, right? And I was thinking maybe it's a bit ex excessive to go and get a Zenix Q802 USB for possibly one show. Like, I mean, will I be committed enough to do the LibreVoxes and all the, the rest of it? You know? <laughs> But anyway, anyway, um, I got the, the 502 first. And I will say to anyone listening, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Because I got it and I returned it. Uh, and basically because the uh, the phantom power that is provided by the 502 is only 15 volts, right? Which is a bit naff. So, I mean, most mics require 48 volts. Yeah. So you're really limiting yourself in how you can use it. And there were a lot of limitations. Like I was going through the manual and all I was reading constantly was... You can do this in every other bit of kit we have, except the, the 502 kind of way. So, um, you know, and the, the manual covers all of the, the series right up to the, the very top, down to the, the 502. Mm -hmm. So um, I just uh, returned that and got, I said, look, I'm where I am now, so I'll get the, the, the 802. And I'm quite happy that I did because, you know, it's it's basically a case of plugging in the power, um, plugging in the USB into your PC, plugging in your XLR mic into into the XLR connector, and then you get to have loads of fun uh, twiddling all the, the knobs until <laughs> you sound the way you want to sound. Yeah. So it comes with a, a compressor. You've got high, medium and uh, low uh, knobs to fiddle with. You've got an effects button and then you've got uh, a gain button. And as well as that, then you've got a, a final gain for the for the entire mix. Mm -hmm. Great. And uh, like you have, it's eight inputs, two outputs. Eight ins. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's where the 502 was different as well. It only had five ins, you know, but you're limited to two outs, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's perfectly, it's, it's a fantastic system for podcasting. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that's a strong starting point, a really strong starting point for doing a show, you know? Hmm. Mm, big time. I only say starting because if you actually wanted to get into mixing down each of the individual channels, you couldn't really do that, which just gives you a stereo out into your computer. You're getting into a different um, quality of mixer if you want an individual out for each individual channel. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But then when mm. you're doing a show yourself, you're not really, you know, you don't need loads of channels. Like if you were recording a band, it'd be a different thing. Yeah, yeah, of course. No, but for for the purposes that it was it was bought for, it is perfect. Perfect, yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. So so yeah, and then apart from that, I suppose I just spent a fair bit of time, you know, looking back on the show and thinking about how great it was, and I suppose, you know, thinking um, what I'm going to be doing to to fill my my Saturdays now. <laughs> Yeah. And I haven't figured that out yet, but I'm sure there's going to be plenty of stuff to do. 
Yeah, I, I do know what you mean about the space thing and the Saturday and uh, freeing us. I, I'm going to kind of, for that one, I'm just going to kind of see what happens a bit. I, I'm not going to try and fill it straight away. Um, I'm just going to kind of let that one unfold. I hope it's not a huge um, regret of a decision <laughs> that I'll be sitting there staring at the wall the same way I do all the other days of the week. But um, watch this space. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I really think we're, we're doing the right thing. Mm. You know, I love the fact that we're still in that space where there is some passion there. Yeah, for sure. You know, and um, we can be proud of what we've done so far. And we're going out in a high and it's the best way to go. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And as I said to you as well, I mean, I, th- I think the fact that we've been able to to collaborate like this for as long as we have and still have our friendship intact at the end of it is pretty amazing. <laughs> it is quite incredible, really. It is quite incredible um, because it's so easy. The best way to get to know somebody is to start working with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, if you can survive that, you can survive anything, probably. Anything. <laughs> <Indeed>. <laughs> I'll just pull into a few of the things that I've been up to. Again, not loads as well, um, but there were, there's definitely a few things uh, I want to mention. And this might be another jaw dropper for you. And um, but uh, let's let's roll it out anyway. I have moved back to Lineage OS from Ubuntu Touch. Oh, okay. And um, just Lineage, or are you trying E? Just lineage at the moment? Well, it kind of because it's what I already had on a phone that was there that was already set up. So it was very easy for me to move. I haven't. OK, let me explain the, the situation because really, I've got my Sony Xperia X, which still has Ubuntu Touch on it. I'm just not using it as my daily driver at the moment. But I have switched back to lineage OS, which was on a phone that I used previous to. It was the phone I used previous to the one I uh Oh, what am I trying to say? My previous phone had Lineage OS on it. So I just picked up the old phone and took out the SIM card and I had a working, um, you know, a, a working phone and, uh, and all that sort of stuff w- w- without too much effort. Now, uh, gosh, this, is, this was... So real... why did you do that? Well, I'm glad you asked because I've made a list. Um, <laughs> and look, I so badly want the Ubuntu Touch guys to succeed and to have a a really good working model of a phone. Okay, here are the reasons I switched. This sounds like a terrible list of reasons not to use Ubuntu Touch, and it's so not that at all. But there was so, what happened was so many, I had to make so many compromises. My number of compromises got too large that I I couldn't do it uh, anymore. That's, look, that's me being brutally honest. And here are the things, here are why I moved. Now, these aren't in any particular order. Switching between Wi-Fi and cellular networks and hotspot mode sometimes required me to reboot my phone. problematic, yeah. And I spoke to you about this to you previously before, and you said, oh, I I just generally stay on the mobile network for Ubuntu Touch. And I was like, actually, that's probably a good idea. But I was using my phone and my LAN for certain things as well. For whatever reason, the power button on the Xperia X didn't switch off my phone on the first press. I needed to press it twice. Small thing. It just built up over time and began to bother me. The charging cable needed to be plugged in twice in order for the charge indicator to show. That's interesting because I have similar issues with the the Volophone 
powering off doesn't always power off. I have to uh, quite often power off twice. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad it's and not just me, actually. No, and if the battery is fully drained uh, and I plug it in, it just goes to fast boost rather than charges. Oh, okay, yeah. So, yeah, there are issues like that out there, apart from your own, so you're not alone. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. That's good to know. Um, I really missed a time-based silence function, i.e. a do not disturb mode. And yes, mm. I could, you know, before I go to bed, go to my phone, put it on silent mode, go to sleep. But the odd time I would forget that and a freaking telegram message would ping me through at 4 a.m. And, and I yeah, know yeah. that's not high on their list of priorities. I totally get it. They're doing so much in so many other areas. But actually, just from a user perspective and from a, a, a working, I don't know, like a daily driver kind of things I need in a phone. Look... Any of these reasons aren't the single reason I moved from Ubuntu Touch. They all kind of came together as to... Yeah. The, uh, Death by a thousand paper cuts. Exactly. Exactly. Very well described. Thank you. Um, the camera is good, but there are no software enhancements being done on images. And I find that quite noticeable. Mm. I do like to take pictures on my phone occasionally. And they were fine, but um, software enhancements do make a massive difference. Yes. Another issue I had was I cannot make calls on Telegram. And my son lives in Austria and this is how we communicate and... Um, Yes, if I was sitting at a laptop every time I could talk to him. But actually, this is one of the things when I went back to Lineage OS, actually being able to make calls on Telegram. It was a small thing, but a big thing at the same time. Come here. You didn't try getting him onto uh, Matrix and see if you could call him through that? I don't know. Sure, Fluffy Chat doesn't do uh, calls anyway, does it? No, it doesn't. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, phone calls on my phone only came in on full volume and I couldn't turn them down and I was beginning to lose my friggin hearing <laughs> God, that's not the best you know and I was holding the phone away at full volume like this away from my ear to make calls I just couldn't cope with that really look and I just want to say this one next cloud integration on Android and well I'm going to say lineage OS just because it makes me feel a little bit better is superior in so many ways. I I am a Nextcloud user. My whole ecosystem is built around Nextcloud. The way I live my life is kind of my digital life and how I store my data is built around Nextcloud. And that's not to say it wasn't integrated in Ubuntu Touch. It was, but I, I, I don't know what to say. Like all the apps are there for all my Nextcloud uh, apps that I can just pull up and easily access Um. I don't know. I, I, I didn't realize what I was missing. Oh, this is sound like a dissing on Ubuntu Touch, but I just have to speak what I feel and what I see out there. And I would love Nextcloud to be better integrated in Ubuntu Touch. And Contact Sync is not yet integrated in Ubuntu Touch. And I had a number of contacts that I created on my Ubuntu Touch phone that I now need to go manu go back manually and add to Nextcloud contacts again. And just stuff like that. It creates more work for me in life and um, I don't know if I need it. Well, I suppose just on that, you know, you have to understand the perspective of the Ubuntu Touch people and they're 
as Florian said, they're creating just an all-in-one kind of phone, mm-hmm. right? And I suppose they're not in any way really concentrating on integration with other cloud services and stuff like that. Sure. Now, I think uh, Ubuntu Touch would make a fantastic platform to integrate with Nextcloud. I mean, the two just seem to go hand in hand for me. In my like eyes, a privacy too. Respecting, yeah, a privacy-respecting phone and a privacy-respecting, well, not even a privacy-respecting, but a self-hosted uh, cloud, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it makes sense. And I think they're missing a trick mm. by not concentrating on it. But, you know, what can you do? Oh, yeah, what can you do? Well, yeah, well, I'll tell you what I did. I, mean, I went back to Lineage OS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I, and I and isn't that a great thing with open source? <laughs> yeah, it is. I didn't do it lightly, I also want to say. Um, yeah, yeah. So also a few more things. Um, and uh, <laughs> I was on the dev branch, so and that was my choice, of course. So sometimes up- updates could be problematic. But obviously, if I wanted to avoid that, you just go on the stable branch. Um, keyboard calibration was a bit off for me. Um, so I was regularly writing garbled texts. Um, I kept getting certificate errors on my web browser, which made browsing the internet unusable for me. I, I, I'll just rattle off these last two. Bluetooth was not working in my car properly, and I was spending too much time messing with the phone, fixing things. Now, that's an awful list of things that I did not want to read out on our 100th episode, but if anyone could do it, I know I could. And I... Um, <laughs> It's a pity, but I, I have none of these issues on Lineage OS and I have a working phone that I don't need to tinker with. And actually, at the moment, uh, from where my headspace is, that's the sort of thing I need right now. And I suppose some of those things that you were talking about, like, I mean, the, the Bluetooth not working, that is very frustrating. I find that myself with the the Volophone, it will sync Bluetooth wise with some things, but there's an awful lot of things that it won't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose the biggest one for me is the the phone call volume. Yes, that's almost inexcusable for me. Yeah. A phone has to act as a phone. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I've always been such a a hater, if you want to call it, on iPhones. Yeah. Because I think their call quality is just really poor. Really, is it? I, I have no experience with them at all. I only use it because I have to for work. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, a, a phone has to be a phone. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I don't think some of these issues I didn't have when I was using the Nexus 5. I mean, some of them might be Xperia X related. Um but mm. I don't know, it's just down to, I had to kind of think of, I still wanted to stay privacy centric to the best of my abilities and not rely on G apps and all that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, Lineage OS was the middle ground for me um, to be able to stay in that zone and actually get the integration that I kind of needed for daily life. <laughs> I don't know. I I... Oh, I, I really don't know what to say. It's really difficult for me even to talk about it because I was such... Um, I am a fickle man. I am a fickle man. I will change in and out of stuff based on mood and um, 
And uh, oh, I'm, I've lost the word now. Uh, just where my current sort of headspace is with what I need from technology and stuff. And um, and you have to work a bit harder, I think, when you use if you want to stay completely open, free and all that. And, and, and I don't have an issue with working hard at all. But what I do have an issue with is when everything is hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, I don't think that makes you fickle at all. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you have to be able to your your technology sh- should suit you. Mm. You know, I mean, I suppose there is a certain level of work that has to be done to make any technology to work. But when it comes to, you know, the range of issues you are experiencing, I mean, you do want a working phone at the end of the day. Yeah. And if if you can't have that, then it's too much of a compromise. It uh, That's the word, isn't it? Is how much you're willing to compromise. And I'm pretty like, I can be pretty really opinionated and really kind of stick to the edge of like, no, I will use this. And I and once I get into something, I, gosh, do I like, I hang on to the principles. Uh, like, I, I... I don't know. I know I wouldn't have noticed that in you. Oh, really? Oh, thanks, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> but I will sit and harp on about them for a hundred episodes. And here I am on episode 100 saying, oh, do you know what? I'm moving back to an Android base or at least an open source Android base because it's um, it was too hard. I suppose like the the um, Sony Xperia Ubuntu Touch uh, image is probably using binary blobs and android binary blobs so oh, it is you yeah know. and they all are to some extent maybe barred a pine phone yeah yeah which makes the pine phone so appealing in some respects i can't help get that thought out of my mind that it is actually a purely open linux phone but then there's still closed stuff on the pine phone you know hardware wise yeah it's not there yet and uh, i suppose from my own experience I never really bought into the the Pine Phone excitement because I had a BQ Aquarius E5, mm-hmm. and I heard that the uh, the the we'll say the user experience was similar, mm-hmm. you know, and I would just find that to be a fairly basic. Now, don't get me wrong; I love the BQ E four point five. But the the one gig of RAM was very limiting and uh, it just kind of, it was, it was a slow phone to use, you know, but I mean, call quality was great. Texting worked. Uh, You could use the the web, even though because it was such a small form factor, everything was quite small. Um, But, you know, it it was a a good phone. Um, But I didn't see how the the hype matched the the pine phone because you're going to have a mediocre experience yeah. with it yeah you know and i don't think that's where we want to be with a phone now i know it, it wasn't being kind of um pushed as any kind of flagship device it was being pushed as something for um enthusiasts and stuff like that but tinkerers, i think enthusiasts yeah. Yeah. tinkerers yeah but enthusiasts and tinkers want mm-hmm. high-end um, equipment too. I had that experience with the Pine 
book as well a little bit, I have to say. The tinkering level was just a little bit too much for me, actually. And I would consider myself a tinkerer. I suppose it all depends on how much you how much tinkering you want to do. If you want to do nothing but tinkering, please go ahead. Yeah. But uh, hmm. I, I need other um, stimulators in my life other than just technology because it gets all a bit too much. Yeah. yeah I suppose you don't want to be constantly fixing things. Mm. You want things to sometimes just work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I do. <laughs> oh. And that's why I love um, Ubuntu and Endless OS. I actually I want to mention Endless OS as well for our final episode. Yeah. I think the stuff that the Endless OS people are doing is amazing. Right, yeah. And they've gotten through some of the bugs that I experienced before, uh, so much so that I have um, I have a desktop and a laptop on it now, and I don't have to do anything with them. You turn them on, they update, they work. You can use... Microsoft Teams, you can use Office 365, you can do all this kind of stuff, which I know isn't important for us, but it's important for my kids mm -hmm. because any schooling they do uses all these things. So do they have the Teams app or is it the web integration? The app. Okay. Yeah. And things just seem to work for them. You've mentioned Endless to me a few times, and, I, and every time you bring it up, I go, oh, I must put that on something. But an interesting one you said to me that also on Endless is that they have the entire Wikipedia available to be browsed offline. Is that correct? Did I get that correct? More or less. Yeah. Like the, the actual, the um, image you download is 14 gigs or whatever, mm -hmm. and it blows out to about 40 gigs, so... You know, don't try and use a small, a small disk or anything with this thing. And you really need, um, you need 64-bit hardware and a decent-sized uh, hard drive or SSD to make this thing yeah. anyway usable. And 8 gigs of RAM. And 8 gigs of RAM, yeah. Well, I mean, when, when, when that's all being exposed up front, you don't mind, you know. It's, it's when you... Uh put it on a, an aging Dell or something and it's uh, chugging away and it gets bad press, then that's not so good, you know? Yeah, yeah. Very true. Another thing I've been playing around with is, um, is sync thing, actually. And I know this isn't new technology oh, yeah. by any means. And um, you might ask, why would I use sync thing when I have Nextcloud and all this kind of... Um, and I didn't know why I would use SyncThing instead of Nextcloud or, or what use case it would have. Um, I suppose I have, I have a desktop there that I don't use so much now. And I have my laptop here in a dock and, um, and I have another laptop that I kind of use for work, but it's not a work laptop. And what SyncThing has, now I'm not using SyncThing properly yet. Uh, just to, just to kind of give you some of the blurb, uh, SyncThing is a continuous file synchronization program. It synchronizes files between two or more computers in real time, uh, safely protected from prying eyes. Your data is your data alone, and you deserve to choose where it is stored, whether it is shared with some third party and how it is transmitted over the internet. Now, I don't use SyncThing over the internet at all. I use it purely on my LAN and I have I haven't tried it over the internet actually, but it might be interesting just to try it. Um but uh 
So it, uh, how I find it really useful is I have started syncing my, pretty much my home folder, not all of it, obviously not the dot files because I have different software installed on different computers, although mm. my computers are so similar that actually the dot files, it wouldn't be a bad thing to synchronize some of them, but anyway, but I don't synchronize the dot files. I synchronize my documents, my downloads, music, um, photos, folders, etc. Now, because one machine, because my main laptop that I sit at all the time is, is kind of like my master machine, everything is synced from it. So it holds, well, no, it doesn't even work like that. Because if I make changes on my other laptop or on my desktop, they also get synced to this computer. But I suppose because I'm on different machines, I often want access to the same home directory files as I would on all the other machines. And sync thing is a... It's been a really good way of doing it. And it's it's done over a web client. And you also have some daemon that starts mm. in the background that, or that you can start. You, you don't have to have it running all the time. You can run the daemon at your convenience. But I do have it running all the time on the machine that I do, that I keep up to date. And I, to be honest, I don't think I'm using SyncThing properly. And I haven't dug down into it a lot. But for the way that I'm using it at the moment, which is to sync files across three computers, it is working beautifully. And it works almost instantly. Any changes I make to a file on another computer are immediately synced to all machines that are on and that are running the daemon. Now, if I was to improve my setup, I would actually run SyncThing on a server and I would have an always on server and I would have my. The, the 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 bits of my home folder that I want synced would be there and running all the time, no matter what machine I turned on, it would automatically sync down the changes that have been synced back up to that machine. But, you hmm. know, it's been something I've been meaning to play with for a long time and uh, have kind of only recently got around to playing with it. And I have to say, I'm really impressed with it. Yeah, that's one of the applications that's available uh, on the Freedom Box. Is it? The same oh, thing. yeah, yeah. That's good to know, actually, because that is a perfect way of using it. Hmm. I, I think that I haven't spoken enough about the Freedom Box. And I suppose it's because it's I have a Freedom Box, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And but it's one of those things that just sits in the background doing its thing. And I probably should have spoken about it more than that. But you forget about the things that just work, you know, they just sit there and do yeah. their thing and you're happy out. And, you know. We really have. Yeah, we've missed a trick there talking about the things that just work. Um, yeah, they said you should try it, try it, put up a folder that you want to sync across all machines and see what it's like. It's really. And now that you that you told me you have it in a server like that, I've been wanting to implement it in Docker, but I've been. I have some mental blocks to IT at the moment that I can't ignore and I just kind of can't seem to get my head down into the actual issue and just fix it all up and, and get it working across my network in a way that I like. And a part of this problem is when I approach problems like that, I see the finished picture and and the number of steps I have to go go, go through along the way to get to the finished the finished product or picture is um, sometimes they're more than I'm capable of dealing with at any one point in time. It's like, how do you eat an elephant um, in, in very small pieces, you know? <laughs> and, yeah, um, yeah. Not that I'm suggesting you should eat elephants, you know, and no elephants were harmed in the making of this last sentence. <laughs> I would like to implement it in Docker, but like you say, having it implemented in a Freedom Box, 
go check it out. It's worth a look. Open source, open protocol, private. None of your data is stored anywhere else other than on your computers. There's no central central server. Well, there might be if you put it on a... That can be compromised legally or illegally. It's encrypted. It's every node is authenticated. Oh, yeah, the authentication of each of the nodes was really nicely done. Well, nicely done as in that it's a bit of a pain to, to do, but nicely done in that the only the only node that is being authenticated is one that you click on on one computer and you click on on the other computer and you check the, you know, the key code and uh, and you are happy that the machines that are being synced are actually synced that you, you know, are actually machines that you want to be synced. Mm. Yeah, good stuff. So um, I, I, I feel like we should probably come around to Under the Hood if, if you have anything else to add in that in that world or in oh, yeah, we're getting we're getting around to the the end aren't we this is the end <laughs> okay under the hood under the hood i've one that I, I meant to mention last week or not last week but last show and uh i forgot about it so i'm not going to forget about it this time because if i forget about it this time that's it i'll never have a chance to do it again <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it is uh Terms of service didn't read TOSDR.org. Right now, this thing is pretty cool. What it does is they read the terms of service so you don't have to. And they rate all the terms of services of all these various different services uh, from a class E, I think, is the, the lowest, which is really bad, to a class A which is really good. And then they give you the reasons why uh, underneath. Right. So you get basically when you start up the, the page, uh, you just end up with um, terms of service didn't read. I have read and agreed to the terms is the biggest lie on the web. We aim to fix that. So there are users rights, rights initiative. So it's a, a kind of a voluntary uh, service. Uh, so they do this to rate and label website terms and privacy policies from very good class A to very bad class E. Right now, because no one reads the terms of service, we are agreeing to things all day, every day that we shouldn't. You know, there's very, very few people who actually read the terms of service. But if you have a website like this, where you can just go to it, search for the service that you're about to click yes to, and then say, oh, no, hang on, it's class E, maybe I shouldn't, then you you won't do it. And I found that with um, the ePhone, where you have the app store and they write the apps. And it's a very good visual indicator, like the, the rating is from zero to ten for privacy, security, all this kind of stuff. But straight away, without having to do any real searching, you can see, you know, what um, what this app is like, and you can then make a, a conscious decision whether you want to install it because it's invading your privacy or, or anything like that, you know? Right. And I think the likes of, yeah, I think the, the likes of TOSDR should be implemented legally yeah. <laughs> for, for all these services so that instead of them giving you 10,000 lines of blurb that you're never going to read, they have to say at the top, ah, this is a class E rating. That's a good idea. You know, we are going to steal all your data, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But anyway, we'll go to the, the ratings um, for Google. Google gets a class C. 
and it gets a class C because this service may collect, use and share location data. The service can read your private messages, which I mean, for me, is enough not to use it. Yeah, for me, it should be a class A. Class E, you mean? Oh, E is the worst. E is the worst. Oh, yeah. OK, OK, class E. OK, yeah, it should be up another yeah. rank. Yep. Yeah, big time. Uh, you also agree to defend, indemnify and hold the service harmless in case of a claim related to your use of the service. The service tracks you on other websites and limited copyright license to operate and improve all Google services. Now, then you're given an option to go to more details, which gives you the, the whole thing as to why it got a, a class C rating. And it goes on. You've got YouTube, uh, Facebook gets a class E. Imagine that. Uh, Wikipedia uh, get, gets a class B. Um, and it goes on and on. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got all the, the big hitters there. Uh, SoundCloud actually gets a class B, which I found interesting. Yeah. DuckDuckGo gets a class A. Right. But what I found interesting, StarPage gets a class A. Uh, which I wonder about. I wonder, has that been updated recently? Because weren't they taken over by some other crowd? Yeah. But anyway, um, Quant only gets a class B. Oh. You know? So, and then you've got a number of uh, services that aren't classified at all uh, because they haven't uh, been classified yet. Uh, the likes of Yahoo, Netflix, Instagram, LinkedIn, all don't have a, a class yet. And that's because it's uh, people voluntarily getting together and discussing what the, the class should be. Yeah. You know, and that all takes time. Sure. And effort. Nice one. So could even get involved in this True. with all this extra time. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So that is my under the hood. Love it. That's a good one. That's well worth checking out. Um, you showed mm. me that earlier on the week and uh, it was uh, really nice to see it simply laid out like that. Yeah, big time. It is nice. So I've got a few things I want to mention from our interview with Yoss um, last when we had him on two shows ago, I think it was now. Um, some Nextcloud tips that he gave us afterwards uh, that... Um, that I just want to bring up and make people aware of. And it is possible to get a Nextcloud account without hosting it yourself uh, for free. And to do that, you just need to go to the Nextcloud homepage and sign up for a Nextcloud account. Now, depending on your, your location, you can get uh, between two and five gig free of online storage from a local provider. Um, and I just thought it was a nice way to go and play with Nextcloud if you didn't want to be starting up your own servers and see what it was like to have a Nextcloud account. Also, it would be the, 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 the two to five gig bit depends on where you live, actually, because the way it works is um, based on your IP. I think they pick a local provider to where you are located and um, the way they try to make money out of it is hopefully you'll sign up and maybe buy some extra storage. But uh, if, if you want to check out what Nextcloud looks like, have a play with it and are not really willing to kind of start set up servers and all that sort of thing at the moment, have a look at that. Mark brought to my attention um, during the week the Nitro Key Next box. There will be a link to that, oh, the, yes. to that in the show notes, which is a bit like the, uh, what was the other one called, Mark? The Nextcloud box or? That was it, wasn't it? The Nextcloud Next box. Yeah. 
So it's a bit like that, but a more updated version, and it comes in funky red, of course. And it looks really cool. It does look quite good. Yeah, it does look quite good. Which is a which is a, a just a Nextcloud in a box, basically. You buy the box and connect it up, and, and probably go through a simple setup procedure. But um, uh, yeah, yeah, I think it comes on what Ubuntu eighteen oh four. The Ubuntu Core, isn't name? it? The Ubuntu Core. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And the other one I want to mention, and, and you said you found where the ISO was. Now, I haven't found this myself, but I do want to bring it up. There is an ISO available for you to install a ready-to-go Ubuntu, uh, a ready-to-go Nextcloud box uh, from um, from a Pi, is there not? Yes, there's actually, where is that? I think that's on Ubuntu.com itself. Oh, is it? Ubuntu.com slash appliance slash Nextcloud slash Raspberry dash Pi. Uh, it'll there's a link there that says install the next cloud Ubuntu appliance for Raspberry Pi and you just uh, download the or click the download the next cloud image box and you're away. You're good to go. That was one of the things that I wanted to do actually for this show, uh-huh. but I just didn't get around to it. No worries. Another Unfortunately, thing, uh, I have a few more little things I just want to charge through quickly because I realise we're we're hammering the meter yet again. Um, Ubuntu Mate twenty ten is released. Um, obviously, it is a kind of an intermediate update. What do they call those uh, updates? Um, oh gosh, it's just as well I think we're coming to a close. My mind isn't with it. The there's a few things you and added. Me both. <laughs> there's a few things added. One thing that kind of really caught me, even though I shouldn't be excited about it, is Active Directory support. And I do um, run Mate in my work environment. And just having a simple kind of, uh, you know, connect to Active Directory option in the... I just noticed here it is in during stall. I, ho- I would hope that that would be available as well from within the actual distro. I, I need to check that, actually. Um but being able to connect to Active Directory, that's quite nice. There's a lot of talk about these mm. IATANA indicators, which are more to do with cross-compatibility um, between releases and devices, uh, because the Ubuntu Touch guys, I think, are working on the IATANA indicators as well. And the more people you have working on the one, um, I don't know, software implementation, the better for everybody, basically. Yeah, yeah. They talk about the benefits of the... Uh, they're using webcamoid now instead of cheese, and they, they talk about the updates in the Linux kernel. And this always interests me, actually, the updates in Linux kernel. I won't get into this now, but a lot of the updates are for the new technology. I would probably be never, ever have the new technology, which was often makes me prefer I'd have an older kernel just with the security updates, just to cut down on code and unne- unnecessary stuff. But I suppose they're trying to make it available to everybody, and um, that's what happens when you do that. Yeah. Under the hoods, um, oh, that was under the hood, sorry. More under the hoods. Uh, Brent, ben brought to our attention a nice little O-Drive board for $65 that can hold two large capacity drives. Um, I'll just have a link to that in the show notes. Have a look at that. If you want a really cheap NAS storage, um, like $65 for that board is nothing. And it's got two SATA connectors in it. Really nice. And a mm. tip from Jerry Steele from the Admin Admin podcast, uh, rewriting logs to the RAM of a Raspberry Pi to preserve the SD card from being hammered with read writes. Kind of nice. That's a great idea. Yeah, really good. And there's a nice tip there, a uh, link to the GitHub for that log to RAM application. That's almost always been my problem with uh, Raspberry Pis. Yeah. My SD cards just seem to keep failing and I'm not really buying, you know, bad ones and buying you know quality ones sure this log to ram thing 
instead of instead of it, 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 what I understand it does, it just keeps logging all the log updates to RAM and then does a single write at one time in the day, you know, hmm. which is, yeah, what a great way of dealing with it. Very clever. Yeah, big time. Prolong the life of your SD cards, micro SD cards. Yep. And I think I will leave that as the last under the hood from me from this last Binary Times episode. Oh my God, right here. (laughs) (laughs) We are here at this point. Uh, Man. Well, we don't know what to say now, do we? We don't want to say the (laughs) RSA because it'll be over. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I suppose, what, what else is there left to say? It's just, it's yeah. been a blast. It has been amazing, yeah. It has been amazing. And uh, thanks again to everybody. My God, I mean, so many people to thank. If I missed out on people there earlier on, as I mentioned out a couple of names in the chat, uh, I, I didn't mean to go mentioning names and singling people out. It's been, it's been everybody really. Um, but um, yeah, thanks to everybody for keeping it alive and for the people we met along the way. Uh, incredible. So... Irish saying time, Mark. It must be that time. I think it is. We had one or two, didn't we? Yeah. Well, I think, as you said, there is only only the one. I quite like both of them. I think we should give two Irish sayings to... Um, we, could, we, could, we, could, we could wrap them all into one sentence and make it sound like one Irish, one Irish saying. Nice one. Go for it. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you batted that one over. Well, here's the Irish saying for the 100th episode and the final episode of the Binary Time Show. It is Sláin Gafol agus Gnairi an Boherlat, which means bye for now and may the road rise up before you or rise up to meet you. Indeed. Mark, thank you so much for hanging in with me there for four years. I can barely hang around with myself for four years. Um, you, uh, like you say, we made it and we still talk to each other and I'm sure we will continue to talk to each other. I do actually look for forward sure. to chatting you, to you even more on the other side. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, and thanks as well, Wayne. It has been pretty amazing and uh you know, we'll continue to, to chat. Mm. I suppose we just won't have to put all the work into it. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't we do that from the beginning? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> on that note, uh, that's all from me, really, Wayne, here on this cloudy Bristol, cloudy morning, uh, change of the seasons and all that sort of stuff. Uh, thanks again to everybody's supporters. Uh, you can... Um, Keep your Patreon money on your pockets from now on and have a drink on us, those of you who did this, uh, this, this, decide to uh, support us through Patreon. Thanks so much for that. And uh, again, thanks to everybody. We've been saying it all show. And that's the last. Those are the last words from me. Yeah. Thanks to everyone for listening and, you know, see you all on the other side at some stage. Bye. Bye now. listening to a member of the other side podcast network find more of our shows at otherside.network